0: Hey, this is Russ Baden with Playing Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 189, Plundering the Public Domain. Uh, yeah, and with me here is Caleb as a guest.
1: Hey, what's up
0: everybody? Yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've done a regular episode of RPPR. Yes, it has. Yeah, uh, I have been, uh, there's been some stuff going on in my life. Yeah. Uh, but now things have uh, settled down a bit and... Uh, and I remembered, oh, yeah, I have this podcast, so I mm-hmm. <laughs> should probably do it. De- definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I had this idea for this episode back in January uh, because uh, January 1st is public domain day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when a bunch of stuff enters the public domain. Well,
1: for now. For now. Eventually. Yeah, it won't be. It'll be Disney. Day, <laughs> okay. Owned entirely by Disney. <laughs> all right. All right. And you uh, will have to pay to
0: read or watch things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the, but before we get into that, um, we do a bit of news. Um, so I'm starting a live stream uh, that'll be on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, I can put it on both uh, platforms. So it'll be saved on YouTube. And uh, it's basically our after hours, a live stream. So I and some guests We'll be looking at various things that you can get on DriveThruRPG and itch.io. And um, basically, there's there's just on Drive Thru RPG, there's over like 12,000 entries in the free PDF category. It's not even, you know, pay what you want or free. So like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of material. So uh, we we'll are just be looking at the the interesting stuff, uh, taking viewer questions, and yeah, just hanging out. So just kind of a weekly or bi-weekly thing. I haven't figured out the exact schedule, but... Um, And then the videos on if you miss the live stream, the videos on demand will be available for patrons. And yeah, uh, there is a link in the show notes to both channels, the YouTube and the uh, Twitch channel. And uh, we will uh, make the videos on demand for patrons. And um, our first stream uh, is already done. uh, And I'll have a link to the YouTube video of that in the show notes so you can listen or you watch as Baz, Aaron, and I uh, look at some really cool games on Drive Your RPG, like this one called Kill Sector, which has a very Metalocalypse, Super Jail kind of vibe to it. About it's like a tabletop combat game where you're just uh, fighting monsters in an arena, and all the art looks like high school, you know, notebook doodles of like cool guy, mutant guy with shotgun. And the, sure. the
1: game you designed in high school that's a combat system and a yeah. combat system, yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's called Kill Sector. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's very <laughs> appealing. Baz in particular was a big fan of it, so yeah. uh, it, it was a lot of fun to go through that. Then we went went through a one page dungeon compilation, like a contest entry for 2019, mm-hmm. uh, and but, and some other things. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be we'll be doing that. Uh, so subscribe to that Twitch channel or the YouTube channel or both, whatever. And uh, if you miss them, you can always get them on the RPPR Patreon. So I can't wait for you to
1: answer the question 80 times that Twitch holds VOD for two weeks.
0: Yeah. Twitch yeah.
1: holds VOD for two weeks. I'll <laughs> be posting it later. Twitch holds a VOD for two weeks. <laughs> have you heard yeah. that Twitch holds VOD for two weeks? Yeah. Because that's how they told me mm-hmm. on the website when I looked that up. Mm-hmm. But instead, the people will be asking you on every means of communication you have available. Yeah. Uh, I I look forward to your mentions just being flooded yeah. by Men of a certain age
0: yeah, who but, will not Google things. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, YouTube holds that things forever. Uh, but the videos I'll, I'll make unlisted so that only patrons have access to them. So, you know, uh, anyways, uh, but it'll be live. If you catch it live, it's it's free for everyone. So, yeah, uh, yeah be very cool. do um, you have any updates for?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm pretty close to uh, having a PDF out to backers of Phase Anatomy. So, yeah. Um, To let you know in publishing language, uh, I just, well, I'm currently working on annotations for, I finished it once and I lost the file, but I'm second time working on annotations for uh, the PDF copy of uh, Phase Anatomy, and it will be done um, very soon because the only thing left to do is page XXs, so that is the... And index. And that's the last thing you do before you send something out. So um, that'll go out to backers. And then uh, from there, we'll have to do some print proofs. But uh, we should be done. Yeah. And Yay. the website is up. And you can play it now. And uh, the book is... I think it's amazing. I don't know if anyone else ever wanted to see an RPG book laid out by a tax code with over 600 endnotes. Uh, I mean, champi- have you looked at Champions the RPG? A good 40% of which is just me losing my mind, there's a, yeah There's
0: a non-zero number of RPG books that can stop bullets. Yes. Like. <laughs> so, yes, uh, but, there is a uh, Thankfully,
1: the rules for the GM patient yeah. character and the rules for the player are... You could learn the entire game off the character sheet.
0: Yeah. Uh, And this is not that kind of game.
1: And there's 40 pages of rules for each. If you really want play examples for every single mechanic, Mm -hmm. Uh, they're in there. Uh, And the rest of it is uh, half actual medical knowledge pulled by an archivist with, you know, links. You could learn a lot of stuff about C. difficile. I do not make click on it. I I checked the link. It works. I didn't read it. Uh, I definitely didn't read it to design the game, (laughs) uh, but, uh, it's in there if you're interested and the rest is just made up supernatural bullshit and just me doing my best David Foster Wallace in in the Nets. Um, yeah. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoy it. I I hope it comes out soon, but, um, you know, keep, keep your eyes on your inbox, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I've been playing in the campaign you've been running for Delta Green Dead Channels. Uh, Insulin Impulse, uh, along with Greg Stolzey, Rob Stith, uh, and and now Baz. uh, And Shane Ivey. And Shane Ivey. And that's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we ran the first uh, arc on Twitch, and uh, the audio-only versions of that are available on my Patreon, Delta Green Dead Channels. And then Delta Green is posting the VOD recording of our Twitch stream uh, on on their website, and I'm since I also made this kind of a found audio thing. If you mm-hmm. listen to it on Twitch, I've also edited in like the the found audio parts with graphics and stuff. Nice, where the players would be, uh, well, the characters would be listening. Yeah, them. so uh, as audio drama e as we're ever gonna get in Delta Green. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we are currently continuing the campaign in a, a second. Uh, quote adventure end quote uh, and it's going well, yeah. yeah no one's on your sides died yet uh I mean yeah, that's technically true. <laughs> So I mean that's yeah. a 100 percent success in Delta Green.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We, well, we have not achieved good effect on target yet. <laughs> yes. So we're, we'll we'll see if we can achieve effect on target without all dying. <laughs> yeah, I'll be pretty impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's something to look forward to. So, uh, anyways, uh, that's show topic. So the public domain, if you, you're not aware, is a is a legal term for things that uh, for intellectual property uh, that has fallen out of copyright, and that means. Anyone can use it. Anyone can remix it, resell, reprint it. Uh, For example, Shakespeare. Shakespeare is in the public domain. Anyone can take Shakespeare's plays and publish and print them. Yeah, as if
1: you don't know, it's why Sherlock Holmes is everywhere all the time. Yeah. Even though he is, you know, a Victorian or Edwardian uh, (laughs) police detective, he is also free to use. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. yeah, Robin Hood you know mm-hmm. a, a a staple of the fantasy and nerd genres yeah. everywhere are public domain people before disney mm-hmm. clamped the gate shut <laughs>
0: yeah basically yeah um and uh certainly the the copyright law that disney recently lob well not recently like 20 years ago lobbied to modify uh is now um they could not make it in they can't make it indefinite Uh, that's in the constitution, I believe. So like they had to say it, it lasts this many years or whatever. And so that, that 20 years has passed. And so like things uh, are now falling into the public domain again in America. Yes. And of course, copyright law varies greatly uh, from country to country. Uh, uh, Like in Japan, uh, Rashomon uh, famous Kurosawa movies are in the public domain, uh, but it's not in public domain here. Uh, Yeah, it's complicated. So uh, there are these websites that uh, champion uh, the the public domain and yeah. like uh, they had they started last couple of years ago the the public domain day January first of every year that means certain new things are entering into the public domain and so I saw that and it's like oh that would be interesting because now there's gameable stuff in there I mean there always has been but yeah
1: yeah and public domain has always been great for RPGs mm-hmm. you know there's a ton of like. Uh, you know tapestries and you know public art museum mm-hmm. industries that are metal as fuck and go easily to fantasy campaign mm-hmm. and you can't you don't have to pay for them. Um, and you know uh, Pelgrane does almost entirely uh, photo manipulated public archive images for mm-hmm. their art. Um, and there's a ton of stuff in the gaming world that wouldn't exist without a public domain.
0: Yeah, so. there's a lot of like OSR and zine like aesthetic projects that use public domain art work and imagery
1: there's a bit of an irony to it because like there are these things here that people haven't heard of mm-hmm. in in the past that people can use freely um, but I think a lot of, I think in terms of public domain, a lot of gamers don't really care about it because they don't give a shit about copyright because yeah. they're not publishing right which is which is sort of ironic you you take yeah. this nerdy hobby that is in maximum need of genre, inspiration and then you have this giant trove that is only like really plumbed by people like you and me <laughs> yeah who are looking for something cheap that doesn't cost an arm and a leg and destroy our kickstarter buzz it. yeah um which is ironic because it could he definitely has a lot more use uh in the general gaming sphere for just like we want to play a campaign here or mm-hmm. i want to use that character
0: yeah yeah um, so like the biggest, so the, the, the websites they saw when they're talking about public domain day, they had like, here are the big things, the things you probably, you may have actually heard of, um, and like top on the list of all of these websites is, uh, and i will have links to these, these websites, uh, at least some of them in the show notes. So you can take a look, uh, see for yourself what has entered into the public domain. Uh, the biggest one is, uh, Winnie the Pooh, the original novels, uh, illustrated books, so, um, Disney, of course, that means the Pooh without the shirt on, uh, so the Pooh with the red shirt on, that's the Disney version. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't use that version, but you can reference the original or copy the original artwork or, or uh, make an homage, whatever you want to do with the original Winnie the Pooh books. You, you, no one can stop you.
1: By the way, yeah, on a related note, we all need to keep eyes on the Riverdale showrunners <laughs> and make sure they don't get anywhere near that. <laughs> no one needs sexy Christopher Robin. Oh, no, shirtless in the hundred acre wood, yeah, pouring honey on his chest. Who's uh, that guy? I call him the Pooh, <laughs> yeah, ex- yeah, exactly.
0: Nobody needs that, yeah. So, uh, be
1: sure to keep them away and not tell them this
0: information, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's like the single biggest one, um, but. I looked in here, and um, there there are a lot of other things. The first thing that I I saw that I thought would be good for a game would be actually the novel uh, "Mutiny on the Bounty," uh, which is a real interesting story, of course, about a mutiny on a ship uh, at sea. Uh, and I believe this is just the film version. Oh, the film version. I was going to say no, no, like I th- no. I, th- I believe this is just the novel version. So oh, the man. film version, I, I believe, is still th- copyrighted. Man,
1: I thought the novel was already uh... yeah public domain
0: as well, but I guess, um, yeah. So I'll have to check that, but definitely the story. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. the stories are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that would, so that would be the first thing. And so for me, um, that would be like a whole game, like a, a small indie storytelling game about like, uh, you pick a side either as the captain or as the crew, or maybe probably as the crew. Cause that, that's more for an ensemble cast And like, it would be kind of, I don't know if you'd be like even a storytelling game or like even as a board game. I like,
1: mean, I think that'd be good for like, uh, I wouldn't want to play it in that system, but seventh C or like a pirate campaign. Like if you're mutineers, that's a great story frame as to why you have to go out and do Oh yeah. Heinously dangerous, adventurous shit. It's Mm -hmm. like, well we killed the Admiral, uh, but yeah. yeah, and that's, I think that's a good uh, impetus because like, mm-hmm. was my character really enthusiastic for the plan? Did I just go along because I didn't want to die?
0: Like, that, I think that's a good adventure seed. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing is a social conflict. Like, yeah. uh, and so, you know, there's so many games focusing on ta- actual physical combat. This is a game that really emphasizes, hey, social combat can also mean life or death. Mm-hmm. And so like. I would try to create some sort of system to represent like the morale. What side is the crew on? And like, what do you have to do to convince them? So like at certain points there would be like the inciting incident. The first time you're like, Oh man, we need to get rid of the captain. Like captain's Mm going to get us all killed versus, and like the captain's going to keep taking escalating risks. And so like there would be some sort of tension, like the more risks the captain takes, the more the easier it'll be to convince the crew to mutiny but like on the other hand uh the longer you wait the worse it is for the crew like like crew members are going to die or get maimed and you 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 don't know exactly what's also a
1: hidden roll board game that just sort of writes itself yeah
0: yeah exactly yeah so uh i think that would be a lot of fun and the board game version could come with ball bearings as like uh like a kickstarter exclusive or something (laughs) like that just clacking. Them.
1: They weigh how much? Yeah, that's how much to ship. Oh yeah. God, we're ruined. Yeah, <laughs> my children, the <they're laughs> future. Clack, clack, over. clack,
0: yeah. clack. Uh, I'm here with ninety thousand ball bearings. I can't ship to the U.S. <laughs> well, no, system. like the film version. Yeah, uh, Bogart used those ball bearings mm-hmm. as like mm-hmm. his yeah uh, fidget his fidget spinner of the day. Basically.
1: I'm just saying that's the kind of thing that ruins an RPG. Card. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. that is
0: shipping. <laughs> that yeah.
1: is the weight someone loads into a vest and the. Job <laughs> Jumps off the boat like fucking uh, the guy Captain and uh, Commander or whatever it is the oh. Albatross kid. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just drown like. <laughs> <laughs> guess I'll die. God, that sounds like a Chaosium gimmick. Mm-hmm. Ball bearings with every game. A, wow. a leaden bar that will ship through the mail.
0: <laughs> yeah, Chaosium does love their gimmicks. I mean, uh, <laughs> I do have a copy of the Orient Express and boy, like, did you really have to make a matchbook prop and like... <laughs> for this campaign. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. apparently they did.
0: Yeah. And it almost ruined the company.
1: <laughs> Unto the point of suicidal enthusiasm.
0: Yeah. And then they got into NFTs. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the next one, uh, on, um, uh, my list that I, I thought would be interesting would be, uh, actually a series of images. Uh, uh, the, are, are you familiar, familiar with the arrow collar man? Uh, as a 1920s, uh, there's a link in the show notes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a series of images put up for arrow collars, uh, which and basically it's this art deco style uh, 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 commercial illustration of a very handsome man in a very nice suit. And it became famous and it became it was like the Marlboro man of the, the of the 20s, uh, very dapper and sophisticated, very great Gatsby kind of vibe and uh those images are, are before 1926 so like uh you you can use them now i think 1926 is now the cutoff date by the way for public domain anything made in 1926 or earlier is now public domain um i find and, him somewhat menacing well yeah there you go uh that that's the colors are too sharp <laughs> too sharp yeah so there's two ways you could use this one um so one uh the artist uh uh You could use, I believe, uh, was a, uh, closeted gay man. And so like, he was very interested in handsome men. And so like you could, if you're making like a visual novel or something like that, just use those images for your characters and make a new version of the great Gatsby. Uh, or, uh, you could do focus on the menacing version, uh, of these. (laughs)
1: Finally, Nick could do
0: what he spent the entire novel thinking about doing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it'd be a very stylish visual novel. Um, Uh, The menacing version would be interesting. Um, You could do uh, using these art, this artwork, you could make a really handsome, like solo journal RPG uh, of being like maybe a Carcosa 1920s vibe. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: uh yeah like i also find the framing of it like the advertisement of it like you only see the body and silhouette based off like what's exposed from the shirt Mm -hmm. like under the cuffs and just the white shirt and then like disappearing into a black background Mm -hmm. very much like one of the thousand masks uh kind of thing energy you could do with that um also like uh you, you said developed by a gay man in what year
0: like the 1920s, like 19, uh, like even before the 1920s, uh, uh,
1: well, he was either, uh, very attracted to men who were not having fun yeah. or trying to reflect something in their facial expression. Cause they don't seem welcoming. <laughs> yeah. They're very handsome, but they are also having a very bad time. My favorite is the one on Wikipedia. The guy at the horse race is just staring stuck forward. <laughs> in the background of all the people enjoying it, uh, with eyes haunted, like he'd seen war. Um, (laughs) yeah, there, there is something vaguely menacing about it. Uh, but I mean, that's advertisement. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The artist, uh, JC, uh, um, there's actually speculation about whether he was gay or not, but, uh, he, he had a lot of, he did a lot of poses of handsome young men in curious poses or exchanging glances uh he never married and lived with another man for much of his adult life yeah so, they were just pals yeah they they're were just, just pals just bros, being dudes. <laughs> bros being dudes thanks history yeah. yeah you covered it yeah so uh yeah the yeah so I, I i again you can just pillage all this artwork uh uh repurpose it photoshop it um i mean that's what a lot of like morgborg and other rpgs use is uh to repurpose this artwork um so, but uh, in fact, there's a lot. I, I made a whole separate section for artwork uh, now that we're talking about it. Um, like, man, great. Gatsby would have been a short book if Nick Gatsby just hooked up, huh?
1: Yeah man, Daisy just gets left with their awful, shitty husband. Yeah. And a, uh, uh, vehicular manslaughter charge. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gatsby's like, I'm rich from crime. Let's travel the world. And Nick's like, I have no personality, but I like you. And then off they go. It's yeah. just a happy ending.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, I believe Gary Gatsby's public domain now too. So you can just, uh, uh rewrite that. Like, it, like they added Zombies to and prejudice. The, you know uh,
1: yeah if you rewrite it a child might actually read it other than <laughs> the sparks notes version of it G- yeah. give it a shot yeah. yeah
0: um so yeah there's tons of artwork available uh and it's you know the 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 websites that publicize public domain day focus on the big big name stuff but there's thousands of works entering in the public domain so uh in the artwork category I just went through Wikipedia or archive.org and looked for things that were made in 1926 uh, and found some things that were like, oh, there's artwork we can use to pillage. Like there's one book, uh, again, I'll have a link called Liberation of Mankind: Story of Man's Struggle for the Right to Think. I have no idea what it's about, but I look through it and there's pictures in it. So like that's that's all you need. You can extract <laughs> the pictures, uh, make them into vectors, scale them up or Photoshop them to hell uh and yeah
1: you're gonna have to because yeah, i yeah. think
0: print dpi back then was
1: two <laughs> well
0: it's also not just yeah not just that it's uh it's also the scan of uh the book yeah, like yeah. this is like done in bulk like they've specialized scanners at archive.org to scan you know these
1: yeah you know, no they chop the books into the pieces yeah run them through like a yeah. sawmill yeah
0: yeah but um, it depends on how they long they've been doing it. that yeah yeah um, but yeah, there, there's the story, the, the cover image of this book is like a caveman with a spear looking at some other cavemen around a fire and like on a cliff and it looks very dramatic. So I'm sure, you know, 1920s history books were really, Oh God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it might as well be a fantasy universe for all its relationship to actual history.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, there's tons of images of just like castles and like uh, skulls and fortresses and like other interesting things. So mm-hmm. um, that's, I, 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 you know, I like that. Uh, let's take a look. Number two. Uh, also, if you're doing call Cthulhu stuff, uh, especially historical things, uh, for example, like if you're doing something in the Middle East set in the 20s, uh, I found a book called In Barbary, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, and the Sahara. And lots of photos uh, that you could easily plunder for your, you know, chaosia monograph or whatever you want to do. So mm-hmm. um, uh, pretty fun. I used to, when I used to teach, I used to publish these for um,
1: old grammar books. Yeah. That came out of like textbook like, oh, circulation yeah, yeah, yeah. a long time ago. And I would like find like hardcore, like let's diagram some sentence bullshit. Like, oh, yeah. Um, and I would usually do that for a thing in class to talk about how language shifts. Cause I would, I'd first make them do just like what you were supposed to do in fourth grade, which for your average like senior in high school would cripple them now, like would be the equivalent of been like launch an Apollo mission and get back alive. And then we'll give you a C. Like there's just no chance they're going to be able to diagram these sentences or like name the Latin declension of that verb conjugation or anything like that but then I'll also show them like some other thing mm-hmm. that was like common at the time it's just like uh, correct this sentence and they'll like try and correct it It was like actually you were supposed to get rid of all the female pronouns it's unsightly to have a woman on the page like and like from a fucking textbook or like Jeez. heinous shit like uh and I'd just be like yeah it's all made up guys <laughs> don't, don't let your parents say there's like we were smarter back then they did this but then they also did this (laughs) (laughs) so you just got to take it as it comes because uh yeah um i think with the art in books like that uh Mm -hmm. you can do a lot more to rip them out of context than
0: yeah the the text yeah that's what i'm saying is like don't feel uh yeah don't feel obligated to do it historical like for call cthulhu stuff obviously it's historical game most of the time. So, you know, the whole point, the whole gimmick of call of Cthulhu is yeah. Take an investigation, put it in some place. The player character is unfamiliar with you mm-hmm. know, some weird, some well, not weird, but like different time and place. Um, another one, uh, uh, another good book that I found just randomly, uh, by looking through here was the Arcturus tourist adventure, uh, an account of the New York zoological society's first oceanographic expedition, um and guess what lots of like good art of weird ass ocean creatures they dredged up with a net um so uh yeah and and some photos so
1: yeah that's also a good place to like start if you were doing like uh, a document for a game mm-hmm. just like well everything happened according to history up to page 35 yeah and then i hired
0: an artist <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and i started writing what happened next
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah that would be fun yeah, yeah so um yeah, just there's there's a variety of materials and like there there are thousands of things. Uh, a book on ancient Rome, uh, tons of fo- photos of Rome, Roman ruins, history of the ancient world, uh, and then let's take a look here: Ch- Ch- Mesoamerican ruins and this book called "The City of the Sacred Well," being a narrative of the discoveries and excavations of Edward Herbert Thompson in the ancient city of Chichen Itza. Blah, blah blah oh my god it's it's like a full ass paragraph for the title of this book um, but uh, yeah just lots of photos like don't read the text because it's going to be awful because it was written in 1920 or 1926 but uh, lots of photos of these Chichen Itza before it was turned into a tourist resort uh, basically
1: yeah um, it's such a great research like there's, there's tons of stuff coming out on itch and DTRPG now by mm-hmm. really talented creators and I do think for the most part even the people who have like done more than me and been able to teach themselves layout in a program. They're way better about finding this stuff and like utilizing it to make like very engaging visually Mm -hmm. cool are the zine movement and things like that Mm -hmm. but man you do love it when you find somebody who has just written a game and needs some art yes this is the first book they find it's like about um i don't know laser battles and it's just a bunch of pictures of ionic columns Mm -hmm. or uh my favorite was the hill folk release or it was just pictures of like road signs and like things they (laughs) found on the street (laughs) it's very uh and there's a special
0: place in my heart for those books Aww. so
1: just just get something yeah
0: just yeah, get it's something. better than nothing yeah is it better than nothing <laughs> uh so the but the real the real treasure trove uh is always is and always will be mm-hmm. the pulps uh pulp magazines of the 1920s uh great cover art uh and interior art too uh and there's tons of resources so i found on archive.org there is a whole pulp magazine archive uh with lists of different ones uh just be sure to check the year make sure it's 1926 or earlier um i found one random one like these are like the big name pulps like amazing stories from may 1926 uh and like the cover art of this one is like uh just a wild ass bat alien on a planet and <sighs> Uh, And there's tons of other useful images, too, because like this is a scan of the entire magazine. So it has these uh, advertisements of them and they have like excellent line drawing of like guns, you know, like Mm -hmm. revolvers. Buy a gun for a nickel uh, and (laughs) we'll mail it to you. (laughs) It's the 20s. We don't care. Children can have Tommy guns if they want as a treat. And yeah, well. It, it, well, it's america we don't care you could still
1: totally buy that gun by the mail it just costs more than nickel
0: <laughs> yeah uh sorry it's a blank cartridge pistol for a dollar uh yeah. like that's another thing is not just the artwork but also just as a resource if you're doing like a gonzo kind of game um, you could do a just look at the the these old style like ads that they had sneezing powder, mystic skeleton, serpent's eggs, stage buddy, X-ray tube, good luck ring, uh, exploding cigarettes. Like these are all things that were for sale. My uh, little giant typewriter, U.S. baby tank for twenty five cents. Uh, throw your voice. Uh, yeah, resurrection plant. I don't know what that is
1: yeah uh old catalogs could do a lot of inspiration just Mm -hmm. for like graphic design and layout because like Mm -hmm. when you had to do all that shit by hand once a year to send to every dry store in the country like there's more craftsmanship that went into like a shitty sears catalog oh yeah from like the 1860s (laughs) then uh there isn't a lot of books that are put out today um yeah so you i think that's also a tool for inspiration
0: yeah Mm -hmm. no that's a good idea uh i hadn't even thought about the Sears catalogs but yeah that was kind of like uh how the American West uh was uh, settled the-
1: yeah I definitely wouldn't like look to the novel for yeah. like uh <laughs> for inspiration too much in laying out an RPG book or something but mm-hmm. uh you know, catalogs, you know, I, I think textbooks, maybe even, mm-hmm. uh, at least when you get to around turn of the century, uh, might have some interesting stuff going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the pulp magazines uh, are going to be a gold mine of stuff. Uh, and we'll get into some of the characters that are in there too, because it's not just the artwork, but it's also, um, yeah.
1: Before Warren Ellis, we figured out who he was. Uh, he used to do this thing on his email list every like week where he would find some other dead golden age pulp character Mm -hmm. and it became an art thread. And that was like my favorite thing to read for like five years in college. It was was great. Yeah. Uh, it would just be like lady Satan. She's, Mm -hmm. she's an heiress that fights crime with two dragoon pistols in a red cocktail dress. It was like, Holy shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a lady with an enormous hat firing cannons <laughs> and like oh. wearing like the thinnest Harlequin mask and calling herself Batman while in an evening gown. And like, yeah, the, the drawings were great. Like some people took it seriously. Some people had it like Kathy, you know, she was being blown backwards by both pedestals through a wall. Like um yeah, they, they were they were brilliant.
0: So. Yeah. Um and uh, so there is this great uh, thread on Twitter that was published around this time on January 1st uh, from Jess Nevins who is a, a college librarian and who wrote a book called Horror Fiction in the 20th Century uh, and she uh, made this exhaustive list of new pulp heroes entering in the public domain in 1926 um, and it's like a 78 tweet thread and so there's just tons of great characters so I picked two of them uh, because I love them so much. Uh, and let's see. The first one is Johnston McCulley's Crimson Clown. He's a costume vigilante. He's a wealthy bachelor playboy, a World War I veteran, a big game hunter, and an explorer of the North Pole. <laughs> He steals from rich cooks uh, crooks and returns the stolen money to his rightful owners. Uh, literally joker fine, literally joker fine, <laughs> uh, quite,
1: quite literally joker.
0: Like there's a picture of him on the 1931 uh, uh, May two 1931 Detective Story magazine, and it's a, cr- a a clown in a red suit with white holding a gun and a glass of liquor. Like, he has a pistol in one hand and a glass of bourbon in the other. If it's a choice, I know which one I make. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Uh, I do love the idea of a guy who just dresses up like a jester and to be clear it's uh I, I, it's from this era he absolutely shoots people oh yeah at this point Batman had a topic <laughs> gun. no <laughs> one gave a shit fighting crime meant dooming people so yeah. uh yeah if he was just like stitching up uh <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know rich people with a trench gun or something and like i did it for justice
0: (laughs) so you could see use him in numerous ways obviously he could be out of time and out of place for like a base raiders or a modern superhero game you know he gets locked in a a cryogenic tube or something like that or you know times travels to a modern age and then he has to deal with superheroes who don't kill and he's like what the fuck they're criminals kill them just shoot them that that's what i do (laughs) Uh, it sounds
1: it sounds like someone fish mouthing their character in in a uh pulp game like spirit of the century is like oh well i'm a billionaire playboy but sometimes the crimson clown takes over (laughs) and i I black out well that's the other thing i wake up in the north pole and (laughs) i'm sure someone's
0: done this but like a pulp cthulhu thing where all the characters are vigilantes like that but they're fighting the cthulhu mythos (laughs)
1: So just like the saddest, shortest Watchmen episode. Oh no. Just yeah. some dude in a Harlequin mask, a lady in a cocktail dress, like a guy whose thing is fencing. I don't know. And then they just all get eaten in the first.
0: turn. <laughs> no, 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 because they would have to have some sort of pulp abilities to like reflect their, you know, the fact that they could do this.
1: Oh, but. so you want like a Mike Mangola?
0: like Yeah. Yeah. Hellboy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like lobster Johnson. Yeah. 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 That kind of thing. I think that would be fun. Um, I mean, your version sounds pretty fun, too. Like, <laughs> Just
1: like. <laughs> I do like imagining like setting up the backstory for all these like heroes. and yeah. then It's just blood covered spandex and it's over in a turn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, they well, yeah, they they gun down some cultists, turn one. They go in the warehouse and then the Shagath eats them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, like three turns, you know. Um, yeah. What uh, 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 I'm trying to think of any other use for the Crimson Clown yeah um, he could be the subject of an investigation, uh, like the player characters are regular like detectives or something, trying to figure out who the fuck, what the fuck is this guy's deal.
1: It could be the funniest thing your PI has ever seen in a Dirty World game. Oh, just yeah. a guy who thinks he's that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're like, yeah, there were weebs back then, too. Yeah. And some of them had money enough to buy costumed red. Co- <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: uh, that's what. So the other one that really grabbed my eye, I mean they, they were all really good, uh, was uh Edward Paris's wears Jack Calhoun, a US ranger active in the sunken lands of northeastern Arkansas. This is the swamp
1: guy. Yeah. I read about this one in this oh, yeah. I remember this guy. I okay, look, here's the reason public domain laws are bullshit. All right. We need a Jack Calhoun sooner. And we needed it when we had Burt Reynolds around at an age <laughs> when he could play him. Oh yeah. This is a man built for fanboat parts. parts. <laughs> uh, and Burt Reynolds is the only one who could have done it of Gator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we don't have a man capable of playing Jack Calhoun anymore. He's lost to history. Yeah. And it's a tragedy. It All is. Right? Yeah.
0: Uh, but I like that he sets it like at the turn of the century. Uh, like apparently... Uh, he fights swamp brats, scary inbred smugglers, a uh, little mm, uh, on the inbred thing, uh, counterfeiters, blackmailers, and murderers. Uh, he they force him to be hard boiled without much conscience. In other words, a killer vigilante going against crazed murderers like the Panther and the Jungle Butcher uh, in Arkansas. <laughs> the Jungle Butcher, <laughs> the Jungle Butcher of Arkansas.
1: <laughs> was this written in a time like when they used to do travel logs of the new world and said there were giraffes all over the place like
0: has he been to Arkansas Yeah, I mean he's describing (laughs) Arkansas as the sunken lands like it's like the fucking lost continent of Mew over there, you know. Yeah, I,
1: I think I've I think I've made that part in Elden Ring. Yeah, uh, exactly.
0: So like this is the... sunken
1: sunk Arkansas. It's like an
0: unknown army thing. Like you go into this part you 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 walk into this you you go through certain crossroads as you cross the border into Arkansas and you're Jack Calhoun's Arkansas and like uh things are getting real. You, the jungle butchers.
1: All right. Yeah. So here's my here's my Jack Calhoun. Game. Okay. All right. So uh it's called Flyover Country. <laughs> and you all play uh, uh, coastal elites. Mm-hmm. You don't know what goes on mm-hmm. in the middle of the world, all right? So, you go to Arkansas with your coastal elites, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're introduced to Jack Calhoun, but he shows you how real Americans live, only there's no bottom, like it's always worse than they thought. Like, it starts off in like a bar that doesn't have seltzer, yeah. And you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe it, and then you're just like. In a fan boat chase with like inbred cannibals, and then it just keeps going. Like, you you go down a tributary into sunken Arkansas. <laughs> Jack who's like, a Real Americans always deal with the hellbirds, and yeah, like the hellbirds, yeah, yeah. It just keeps like the reality keeps getting deeper and further away from the coast. <laughs> this
0: is the more real America, <laughs> yeah.
1: This is yeah. real America. This is the most real America, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sunken Arkansas is the drain of the American. Unconscious. <laughs> it just keeps going down yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, jack calhoun is the only man who can delve it
0: <laughs> i do like that that could be a really fun like one page game or something like that so yeah perfect for uh, itch.io mm-hmm. uh so um but yeah jess jess's list uh has quite a few things um and, uh, like, the first one on our list was uh, Frank Allison. Allison is a cowboy riding a, uh, a train across the Badlands when he gets kidnapped by an alien. Gorlog, intent on enslaving him and several others. Real real Rice Burroughs vibe oh, yeah. so far. Mm-hmm. Allison escapes in the sequel. He goes to Gorlog's home planet and frees all his slaves. Uh-
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the yeah. fucking... <laughs> Of your average Agarized Burroughs sci fi space opera fantasy guy. Just mm-hmm. like, well, I got kidnapped once. I go, let this stand. <laughs> Time to go to Mars. <laughs> and then, like, does it. And yeah. then, like, succeeds. Like, all that John Carter of Mars shit. He's just like, well, I just showed up here, but I guess I'll become the king of your people. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, I really want to put this, uh, 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 Allison here, the uh frank allison the uh in any sci-fi game where it's even vaguely appropriate like just you're just on you're just you know in a traveler game or uh everyone uh, loves a gunfighter in space gunfighter in yeah. space, yeah cowboy's space. why uh, not
1: have him be literally a gunfighter in yeah space? like a historically
0: accurate <laughs> why well, aren't them cybernetic upgrades and i don't age no more uh <laughs> I figure I'm about 500 years old, no, but I'm still fast, as you can see. Pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's damn hard to find powder out here, but uh, yeah, people space... keep trying to give me plasma, but uh, Colt was a strong man, but the cylinder can't handle that. Yeah. <laughs> there ain't a man or
0: alien alive that a Colt gun can't kill. <laughs>
1: hey, could you piss here for me? I need some
0: salt, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, I love, yeah, I love that idea that he's like, he, he's a skilled fighter, but he needs the PCs to get these rare resources so he can <laughs> use his favorite guns. Like, it's, it becomes a real ship of Theseus thing. And so he's upgraded and re- had to repair his guns so many times. It looks like this fucking, like, chrome abomination uh, that's like, but it still shoots straight. So, yeah. Six. <laughs> God, just revolver ocelot in space. Um.
1: <laughs> what if? What if that's why he's so effective against the other people? They have like kinetic laser shields and like mm-hmm. bullshit to stop Dune weaponry, and they never considered like someone pisses so hard they make it an explosive and then put it behind a piece of metal and throw it at me real
0: fast yeah and at relatively slow speed (laughs) yeah yeah it's a big fat bullet he's
1: summoning meteors like
0: no he's not
1: using like sci-fi bullshit
0: (laughs) (laughs) god yeah the slow yeah the slow gun (laughs) penetrates
1: penetrates.
0: yeah there you go see that's a good gimmick for a game Mm -hmm. um Uh, The next one on our list was Don Amazio uh, from a radio serial. Uh, Don Amazio, the golden violinist who plays music around the world and finds adventure everywhere he goes. Two-fisted violinist, the action Stradivarius, music moles and mobsters. Oh, man. So the the Timothy Chalamet movie we need. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think this would be like a good Cthulhu premise is like playing like an orchestra group that like gets involved in weird occult shit wherever they go so everyone plays oh
1: that would rule as a campaign frame you're just like uh, the golden bow but not racist and all of you like Mm -hmm. and you spell bow B-O-W because you're all in
0: like the violinist section yeah So everyone's like part of his band, uh, uh Don Amazio's. Uh, everyone's a weird uh, spiritualist slash oh, yeah, at least third chair. You're a quartet, <laughs> but you fight monsters too. Yeah. yeah. Uh So I, I would be more interested in it
1: if like you did that with a hill folk game in between every session.
0: Oh, okay. Like, for I, would,
1: I would, yeah, I would really like, um, you know, yeah, well, you go out and you're the fighting violinists. <laughs> but then when you get back. It's tryouts for first chair <laughs> who regionals are coming up. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's going to get heavy. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to get that
0: tutoring gig? Yeah, yeah. Ex- uh, exactly. You got to uh, sure, you got yeah.
1: You're, uh, you're applying for the same grant as yeah. your other
0: team. Well, you get that tutoring gig for that spoiled rich kid, like uh mm-hmm. easy money, but you have to put up with the rich assholes family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Uh, I, I love that contrast. Uh, <laughs> Let's see here. Uh E. Hoffman's Prince Pierre d'Artroy, a French occult detective active in France, the Iberian <laughs> Peninsula, and the Mediterranean. Oh, okay. He fights ghouls, necromancers, Satanists, and cultists, and teams up with an Islamic scholar for anti cthulhu mythos activities.
1: Uh French Kojak. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> stop. You <laughs> you've you gold. Yeah. Uh who is the Italian one? There was the Itali- the, the Italian uh pulp supernatural hmm. investigator i can't remember his name every every country has their own like trench coat and monster mm-hmm. guy i'm glad france has one too
0: oh yeah yeah uh it's always fun uh yeah let's see here they aren't particularly well written but they have potential he's stomping grounds are not the usual settings for a cult detective uh his home city of bayonne into a is an alluring locus of spookiness uh so anyways the, the next one is uh john dixon cars henry ben Collin, once famous now forgotten metastopheles with a cigar the most dangerous man in europe uh the a let's see here a private detective on the side flamboy- i was gonna say
1: are these just things he calls himself because yeah. he doesn't sound that great <laughs>
0: uh a flamboyant eccentric dandy uh he loves nightclubs catching criminals more when he's about to catch criminal he wears full evening attire and carries a sword cane regardless of the time of day and of the setting the (laughs) foremost police official in europe uh, this is the best BBC mystery they don't have the courage
1: to make. <laughs> just this utter fop, this utter asshole who's kind of good at solving mysteries, and just wearing spats, yeah, and coattails to like go to the East End and bust some guy who killed his wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious, yeah. Oh, I kind of now I I, I can kind of see a honey heist. Hack Fop heist uh <laughs> where everyone's playing a fop like that and just like you roll on a D6 to see what dually fops of <laughs> Fops of Vendomir, yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, of course Greg Souls, he's already made the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's see here. Douglas Fairbanks and uh Senior and Albert Parker's the Black Pirate from the film of the same name. Uh let's see here. Uh, noble man who swears vengeance on the pirates who kills his father and becomes a pirate to do so. Well, you okay, know, pretty pretty standard stuff pirates uh but we-
1: historically noblemen who became pirates just thought piracy was dope <laughs> 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 that has been uh historically the only reason a rich guy who could afford a boat needed
0: <laughs> to go fuck around and see if he could be a pirate yeah yeah uh henry whitehead's gerald uh gerald uh Kanevin. Hanvan is a Virginian fiction writer who travels across the Caribbean and uh, encounters and fights the various arts creatures. Uh, most of which are connected to voodoo or the Cthulhu mythos. So, Ooh, self-insert fighting yeah. voodoo. Yeah. That, that's, ugh. yeah, that's Ooh. risky, but we yeah. make it all about Cthulhu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, ca- yeah, they are colonialist as hell. <laughs> uh, so they, yeah, he, you could always rewrite it, make it a, do sort of a Lovecraft country version, uh, take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, here's one you're not going to predict what the profession is. All right. Uh, H. Bedford Jones's uh the writer, the, the character's name is Peter J. Clancy. Uh
1: here's the the first name of Bedford does not inspire. Bedford Dash Jones. <laughs> yeah. Like not, hyphen. Yeah. not excited about what job he gave this man. Yeah. So <laughs> but, the character's
0: name is Peter J. Clancy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is Peter J. Clancy's? He is uh, a job? short uh, dentist in Paris. He's just short. He's a short dentist. His face was wrinkled, kindly, shrewd wrinkles they were, and his eyes were very bright of a piercing gray. Former French Foreign Legion, of course, and a very Parisian American. Uh, he puts his knowledge of dentistry and stamps, he's a collector, to good use solving a variety of puzzling mysteries. He's Watsoned by an army veteran and boxer.
1: <laughs> so he's just. <laughs> He's just a short guy, or is like he's a dentist, or is there a thing called a short dentist? He's he's like I am short and a dentist. Okay, because like it doesn't say his job description. Tiny
0: dentist. Uh, He's short. He's a dentist. He's a stamp collector, and he was a
1: member of the French Foreign Legion.
0: Yeah, and hangs out with an army vet. So now I kind of want to do looking at all these. I want to make like a random set of tables uh, for. Uh, what do you call it? Um, making pulp characters. This
1: sounds like uh, the worst player in your campaign. <laughs> like the reason all the mysteries have to be solved by either dentistry or stamps is because those are the only things he put character points in. Otherwise, we're not going to have a game. Yeah, and, and very much the forger sniper of uh, classical
0: antiquity. Yes, Bob. The villain did bite something <laughs> at the crime scene. <laughs> He, he had a, he, they're, yeah they're all just, your
1: villains have an oral fixation yeah, now yeah there's a bunch
0: of half discarded sandwiches throughout <laughs> the entire campaign but like th- that's kind of like a reverse storytelling game like okay it's like a competitive storytelling game where like one player comes up with a bullshit detective with the most useless abilities and then the other player has to figure out what crimes that character can actually solve so like so if yeah, oh well, yeah. Well, this guy's a dentist. What kind of, what 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 mysteries can he solve? Oh well, the the sandwich burglar you know the guy who always eats sandwich and leaves a, that's his calling card it's a sandwich
1: I, I love the Happy. idea of a Mary Sue but the world's on their side they're just not amazing and yeah. world beaters like yeah. a Mary Sue where like they have every skill and they're good at everything is boring mm-hmm. now show me a Mary Sue who reality bends around to make all problems dentistry based <laughs> yeah. well also are like, yeah are like the late episodes yeah. of House where like he's you know diffusing a bomb in somebody's brain <laughs> like yeah uh because that that that's good that's when usual reality's on their side because
0: mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. becomes a stamp problem yeah it's like oh the the villain the, the bad guy mailed a letter <laughs> it turns out it's a really obscure stamp we got that we got you got him clancy uh yeah uh i i i just love that idea um uh, i think it's one of the better ones um let's see here uh the okay this is a this is a poet uh uh walter frost jim clavering uh has a problem jim jim clavering is the character the woman he loves was uh involved in the theft of several valuable jewels clavering a world war one vet wants the stones returned to the rightful owners so that helen is weedy won't be any trouble uh, however, this involves reverse burglary—breaking into places to return the stolen gems—and that's difficult and harder with each attempt. Uh, so, like, that's the campaign premise, isn't it? Like, the person you love is like, "Yeah, I'm kind of a jewel thief." Is like, "Well, got to put it back," but we don't want to get caught. We—you can't just—you can't just mail them. Uh, they'll, then they'll start looking for you. Uh, so we got—we got to sneak them back in. So uh, that.
1: I also love the idea of like somebody broke in here and returned these and ruined our prosecution. Yeah. <laughs> Security round the clock. (laughs) No one will return my goods to me.
0: No. (laughs) Yeah, because like, oh, the plot twist is the villain was doing. uh, The victim was actually a villain trying to do insurance fraud.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, you're trying to give it (laughs) back to prove that they have. uh, Then they'll go to prison. That's Mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, Uh, I just love the idea of uh, you know hiring a private security company because you don't want people to give back things they stole from you.
0: uh okay so here's another french one um the uh chevalier de, de Trélon is bonaparte's aviator uh the patriarch Trélon is a brilliant inventor and devoted to Mo- the napoleon's cause and invents a propeller driven dirigible for him with the dirigible napoleon conquers most of europe <laughs> That's a hell of a dirigible. Jesus Christ. What? How? the Like, how many cannons can you fit on that fucking thing? It's a dirigible. Like.
1: I, I, yeah, I, a lot, I guess. I mean, if he had air superiority before air was a thing, yeah. that would be a game changer. Uh, but.
0: Yeah, like, I guess the the intel will be like, yeah, we can see the armies here, like You know what? I don't fire on a fucking
1: hot air balloon a cannon <laughs> <laughs> at all for any reason. Yeah. Or a musket, or really anything with shot. Just <laughs> it's a bad idea. Also, if you fire like what happens when the 10 pounders go back for recoil? <laughs> guess we're going this way now. <laughs> that would be how you steer. Like
0: yeah. <laughs> the recoil would throw you off the battlefield. Maybe they're literally just dropping rocks but i can't imagine that being too efficient like they, they, like maybe they just have one guy with one bow and arrow and he's got really good vision he just sees the general and snipes them. Su-
1: i mean you could grenades i guess yeah. but like such a terrible idea just like if i fire right and he fires left we're gonna collide in and together <laughs> 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 like it's just uh yeah uh maybe maybe th- i would love to see you know uh a campaign where like i i'm going to roll for Uh, Inventing a dirigible for Napoleon and then like okay What's your skill and then you roll for it (laughs) And they're like yeah He loves it it is uh, In mass production Mm -hmm. it turns out it's just A fucking disaster It's just raining
0: fire from the sky Yeah you could also do an alternate history thing Like where Napoleon conquered Europe with Dirigibles of course Mm -hmm. and like uh, See where that takes you
1: yeah if you're not doing sky pirates Then uh, why do you Oh that would be perfect for sky pirates Yeah you
0: gotta do a crimson skies kind of my god but they're slow they're not like fast it's easier to board (laughs) yeah no it's oh that's really good like it yeah uh i really like sky pirates Uh, the dirigible sky pirates of europe (laughs) Uh, um let's see robert a dillon's tracy down is a master thief uh who employs two chimpanzees to help him with crimes in paris across africa and in new york so i mean it's a pretty interesting npc like it's just to do two chimps i mean pets are pretty broken
1: in most rpg rule systems they're either not accounted for enough or they're way op so uh yeah get yourself some chimp followers yeah uh your 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 guy who can carry all your gear might be great for your encumbrance load but he can't rip a man's face off with his teeth and two chips can do that lickety split. Uh that's just that's just good planning. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. Okay, so uh French authors uh Jean de La Harris frank hardy uh frank hardy is a adventurous french boy scout who along with his sister four of her friends and 11 other scouts has a series of adventures around the world in the radio plane of the uh of the inventor engineer uh koreadad they visit the hollow earth across the solar system and explore mars where they fight martians like hg wells boy scouts in space but there's also a lot of them so for me that's a peasant funnel (laughs) yeah (laughs)
1: yeah uh if there's someone i don't want to give miss frizzle powers it is decidedly a boy scout master (laughs) (laughs) they do not need the power to transport children across all of time and space they cannot afford that type of responsibility uh both boy scout leaders i know can't can't handle like regular boy scouting not to mention in the hollow earth Mm. uh yeah terrifying thought
0: but yeah just also there's just hordes of these scouts every player gets like a squad of four scouts
1: I, I mean I, that radio plane better have some more seats because we're going to need more than 11 scouts <laughs> if this motherfucker is penetrating the veil of reality <laughs> in his magic radio plane it is going to be like some drifting classroom levels of mortality just that's a lot of dead kids man yeah, it's a lot of dead scouts as,
0: as backdraft two said that's a lot of dead kids that's a lot of dead kids yeah. uh, I just, I just want to make that random scout generator <laughs> Like, what's your oh you start with one random merit badge and that's your ability <laughs> <laughs> like that's it like oh uh. you play four at once yeah you yeah. play four at once yeah uh, oh man I really want to do that one uh, let's see we'll do a couple more um, American engineer who invents the uh, sorry uh, Alexey Tolstoy uh Garen is an American engineer who invents the hyperboloid a laser like heat ray and uses it to try to conquer the world He discovers a massive deposit of gold and claims it, overcoming various sleazy Europeans and corrupt Americans on the way. So, you know, good for him. Uh, Yeah. Uh, He threatens a world ecological disaster and briefly succeeds in ruling the decadent capitalist United States before he's toppled thanks to the efforts of the sexy, adventurous, and poor but honest Russian policeman. Uh, So it's communist Russian pulp (laughs) of the 20s. Uh, (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> after threatening the world's ecological collapse
0: <laughs> I, I don't know what to you, man like, uh, what if I poison all the water will you give me America if yeah. I say I won't do this yeah uh, let's see here author day Houghton's uh, Smith's grey maiden is a thin grey sword of excellent forging and bloodthirsty disposition forged for Pharaoh the third and tempered in the blood of one of the pharaohs of the one the pharaoh loved and the one he hated it is used throughout the centuries so it's a pulp about a sword the blade is the blade is keen and terrible uh and irresistible in battle uh
1: you too could write wields but maybe you'd put some rules in it this time some rules I'm that not fucking suck <laughs> uh yeah i do like the idea of an rpg where you play a sword and the adventurer is your equipment uh that's pretty funny yeah <laughs> yeah but um uh yeah you'd probably have to write some rules about that and yeah and apparently it can't be done
0: yeah <laughs> you can <laughs> maybe you can put your fucking character sheet available on the internet <laughs> so people can just download the character sheet no um uh, just have a character sheet uh anyway um the hardy boys are actually in public domain now so you can just do the hardy boys uh yeah get it yeah
1: and, and again no one tell the Riverdale people. <laughs> Under no circumstances can they know about this. We can't allow Hideo Kojima to read Infinite Jest. They cannot know about the Hardy
0: Boys. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Chinese pulp. Jiang Qian's Hui Yuan Onjia is a martial arts master who, in the 1890s, is disgusted by China's decrepit state. He founds a martial arts school to help uh, cheer. China's spiritual cultural and political sickness he defeats three foreign martial art masters as a way of demonstrating the superiority of his martial skill but then the boxer rebellion takes place and then uh, they fight valiantly they're all killed uh, in the fighting in Beijing so uh, basically every Golden Harvest movie
1: uh, yeah you you just described Iron Monkey (laughs) yeah Yeah, uh, yeah no I'm always down for that like Anytime you want to remake the Showtime film Warrior, I'm there. <laughs> like, yeah, if it's if it's uh, any kind of street level, I'm real good at Kung Fu. Let's see what happens. I mm-hmm. will watch it. Yeah, that would be fun.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll do the one white. So the uh, Ronaldo, uh, the Portuguese author, Ronaldo Fiera, uh, his character's name is James uh, Jim Joyce. New York celebrity detective modeled on Nick Carter. He is the terror of thieves and those with bloody hands. He's consulted by policemen around the U.S. on cases and his Lestrade is Lestrade's Inspector Douglas uh and uh his Moriarty is the evil vivisector and surgeon Dr. Satana's uh <laughs> subtle yeah was born in 1714 is tall gaunt dresses in all black and has a skull like face and lidless eyes with enormous irises uh The secret to Carter's. Who do you want
1: to do your surgery? Well, Dr. Satanis comes recommended. Cut to dude with no eyelids. Yeah. (laughs) Hauntingly staring at you. I've been over
0: 100 years old. Yeah. No problem. Yeah.
1: He seems like he knows what he's doing. Good bedside manner, Dr. Satanis
0: um yeah now there's just a lot of so yeah pulp stuff is out there uh and mm-hmm. there's a huge amount of it and it's very mindable for material just for your own games or if you want to publish something um like i'm i'm i mean for me the boy scout idea funnel really stands out i kind of want to do the d100 random merit badge table uh and uh vaguely uh just to yeah um I don't know which would, uh, out of all of them, it was, was the one that really stood out to you.
1: I, I'm just convinced now that I live in Jack Calhoun's sunken Arkansas <laughs> and I wonder what level of hillbilly reality I'm on before I slip further into the drain Aww. of sunken <laughs> the beneath Arkansas. Yeah. Uh- <laughs>
0: so um yeah if you're if you're looking for resources if you're looking for fun stuff uh check out the public domain it's getting bigger every year at least for now uh and uh there's tons of cool stuff on there so uh but when we come back we'll have some shout outs So we're back and uh, I just want to we're doing shout outs because I think people should know there are things in this world other than Elden Ring. Uh, I think it's important this day and age. I disagree, but I'll go along because <laughs> it's your show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Elden Ring exists and is really great and we're all playing it, but it doesn't need a shout out. I mean, we're kind of shouting out right now. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, moving on to other things. Uh, so I actually before uh, Elden Ring, I was playing a really fun game called Inscription. It's spelled with a Y instead of an I. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's from the same uh, developer who did Pony Island and Hex. And it's basically a ro- somewhat like a roguelike uh, deck building game. But it's also an escape room slash puzzle game uh, with a very interesting plot and very in- interesting presentation. And I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, have you seen it?
1: Uh, yes, uh, I am interested in getting it myself. I just haven't looked at it yet. Yeah, it Seems like it's more involved story-wise than um, something like slay the spire oh yeah i you're lucky i'm not playing right now as we're talking (laughs) uh so i haven't really gotten into it yet because i deck building and that level of engagement doesn't really read the same for me Mm -hmm. anymore Cause yeah, I'm playing slay the spire in, like in my head when yeah. I'm not doing other things. So. Yeah. The,
0: the, the narrative in it is a really interesting, very artfully presented. And I, I, I found it quite intriguing. Um, the ending is a m- really cool, uh, and there's an endless mode. If you like the, the core deck building mechanics, you can, you can do the, uh, uh, deck building stuff. So yeah. you can keep on doing it, which I have also been, I was actually doing before that. So, uh, but in terms of other shout outs, uh, uh, but speaking of it, uh, Elden Ring, you've been reading uh, something that was an inspiration for Elden Ring. Uh,
1: yeah, so they did the Kenturo, uh Namura. They did all all of Zerk, mm-hmm. uh, all that we have in the um, full blown dark horse like omnibus publications. So they're faux black leather. They have uh, bookmark ribbons, um, and they are about. 50 bucks a piece, but they're, but they're very well put together. Like they're very solidly bound. You can, uh, really read them. And I'd never read Berserk before because, uh, you know, it does weird Japanese stuff. And I, uh, have problems with that sometimes, but man, I don't have a problem with him, just van art chopping through some like painstakingly researched and drawn Renaissance era night guys with uh, a raw slab of iron or (laughs) are being too insane to be dragged into hell. Like, yeah, that shit rules. Yeah. And, uh, I'd enjoyed reading it a whole lot. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't call it woke by any means, but the art is very pretty. Uh, parts of the story are very cool. Uh, It's a shame that it never got to finish. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah,
0: but Uh, yeah, there for every anime or manga, there's at least one thing. There's like, God damn it, Japan. Yep. Why'd you got to do that? Mm -hmm. And it's usually more than one, usually more than one. (laughs) Uh, And some series are nothing but that like. uh, But yeah, even the great stuff. Yeah.
1: And again, we don't want to put it all on japan again the riverdale show producers
0: <laughs> yeah
1: something america has to
0: answer yeah. for, like yeah. the war on terror and mm-hmm. all, all sorts of other things <laughs> wow. <All> yeah right. <laughs> uh speaking of uh crimes in america um uh, <laughs> i manny and i watched this interesting series on amazon prime uh called lula rich uh and it is a four-part series on the company slash multi-level marketing company slash pyramid scheme slash no we're not a pyramid scheme slash yes you are uh, more than yeah. Uh, close. Lulu uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Started. So Mormonist. Yeah. Store started by Mormons. Um,
1: MLM religion.
0: Yeah. If you're not heard of Lulu row, it is a company that ostensibly sells leggings and, uh, women's fashion. Uh, but you, their rise to power was done by this. You get more money for recruiting other people to be retailers, quote unquote. And they would sell them online, uh, through these watching, selling parties and in person instead of stores. Uh, and, uh, every, like they yeah, would only, husband
1: won't let me out of the home, but the store came. Well, to no, me. like in Lulu
0: Row, they would encourage, uh, retailers to have their husbands quit their job to help with the Lulu row. <laughs> N- not just so you, oh, it's totally not because you just be dependent on us for income now. No, yeah. no, not at all. Uh, why would we say that? Um, but like, yeah, there was a gimmick was like every, every design they'd only print like a hundred or a thousand pieces for it. So like there were limited ones. So it was like mm-hmm. uh fucking beanie babies, but leggings. Um, but, uh, yeah, then they were a, a pyramid scheme because they made money by recruiting people. Cause everything is, yeah, everything is. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. um, there's another game that you've been playing lately other than uh Elden Ring, that looked, sounded really fun uh
1: yeah sifu's amazing it is the um best beat-em-up fighting game i think i've ever played Damn. like um the hit detection on it is like frame perfect good uh and the the extensive um choreography of it the just the 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 moves themselves i I don't want to say realistic because no one wins it's a martial art movie choreography. yeah yeah realistic for martial arts movie because you're basically choreographing one so sifu you're on this quest for revenge you're moving through these levels they're quite difficult uh with your basic move set you can get xp and unlock things on runs um but every time you die you'd get a death counter So you start at one. So if you die at age 20, when you get resurrected, you're up at 21. But if you die again, your death counter went up. And so now you're going to actually be, uh, when you get up 24 and then you're going to be, 28. And then you're, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and if you age out past 75, you can't fight anymore. Oh. Um, and then you lose the game. You, you gotta start over. Uh, so you've got these very hard levels full of all of these Hundreds of mooks, right? And there's these mini bosses in there, which are staged in a nice, like, linear kung fu storytelling thing with great set pieces. Like, you do the old boy fight, you do the club scene fight, you do all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and you're moving through, but there'll also be bosses that just appear amongst the goons. Like, you'll fight a goon and you'll do like the takedown move, and then it won't work, and then they'll be worth extra. But if you beat them, your death counter can go down. Um, And there's these very subtle moves that are just game breakingly necessary. Like you need to be able to unlock this sweep power. You need to be able to do this palm strike. Um, And so it's very difficult, but it teaches you the game. But that death counter thing, even if you beat it, you'll like beat it in your 56 or something, which means the next level you're going to be fucked because it's going to be harder. And you're also starting with less lives. So what you end up doing to get good at Sifo is replaying the same level over and over and over again to try and gain XP. Because anytime you get an XP unlocked six times, it's permanent.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So what you end up doing is sort of re-choreographing these fights through this level endlessly. So that by the time you get through it, because you were like, well, I want to be 21. So I have maximum lives to get to this next one. So by the time you get through the club thing, you have choreographed like a picture perfect martial arts thing. you are like Jackie Chan kicking Ottomans into dude shins while you're punching the throat of another dude and then you spin around and kick a bottle into a girl's face so you can take another guy out with an arm bar like you know where everyone's coming from you know where the best weapons are like it's it gets really cool Um, so yeah it really it's difficult but it rewards mastery in a way um, that I haven't seen before because like Elden Ring you want to beat the hardest boss on earth you beat it thank god i never want to do that again (laughs) sifu you do it like well i can do
0: it better next time um and that's interesting yeah yeah no i really like the mechanic it also like watching gameplay footage of it it it's it reminded me of like rhythm games like trying to master like an Increasingly hard DDR or something like that because mm-hmm. like to get the rhyming or not the, the the rhythm and the the timing down perfectly
1: and it's got like the yeah. three hundred and sixty degree like sort of combat mm-hmm. um, ability of like say an Arkham Knight or something like uh, one of the Arkham games but like where Batman had to do some moves to get like twenty feet away so you could hit that other guy and mm-hmm. really have that omnidirectional thing yeah it kind of like they make jumps. everything look really realistic and you're like the way he holds baseball bats is sort of like in a knife hand yeah like with it back over his back but if like if you'll go hit somebody behind you he will just take his hand and like stab the end of the bat into their face behind him without looking and it looks like realistic <laughs> he will just he will so, just yeah. go up and pop him with it but then when you go back to the front he will just, just do like a baton sweep so like um it's got uh parry mechanics it's got dodge mechanics it's got a structure meter a lot like sekiro Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of different ways to play it uh but yeah it's it's very it's very cool i liked it a lot
0: yeah no it it sounds a lot of fun i i will pick it up eventually i think it's all unfortunately for pc it's only on epic right now uh yeah so i'm playing on ps5 it is very pretty too oh yeah uh, nice. Um, so, uh, things that are also, uh, pretty or like very uh, beautiful. Um, I, Maddie and I not uh, a while ago, not too long ago, uh, watched a movie on Netflix called the power of the dog, uh, starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, and it's a very, very beautiful and moving drama film, uh, about outsiders being someone who doesn't quite belong. It's, you know, set in the West, Uh, But like Benedict Cumberbatch is this like Ivy League educated, you know, cattle baron kind of person. And he but he's very much in the image of the cowboy and doing cattle drives and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, it's gentrifying the plains. Well, it's also like uh, his brother falls in love with a woman of a lower class and he has a teenage son. My God. And they move into the big house and then tensions form. Mm -hmm. And it's like. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the movies but like being outsiders also not just like culturally but also like sexually like Benedict to is very very big subtext of the movie about him being like a closeted gay man and like um, the tension that involves and like yeah it's uh this movie is also like recently sam Elliott was on this interview with uh mark maron and was like well i don't like that movie they're like is, they're all these cowboys dressed up like chippendales guys well i think it's like a, well i think that's kind of the point of the movie there <laughs> Sam. So, oh my god yeah So, anyways, why do
1: they even ask old men questions anymore? Yeah. Like, uh, news, Duck Dynasty guy, racist. Well, no shit, man. Yeah. He was an 88 year old man born in Kentucky. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, he's racist. Yep. Just stop talking to
0: them. Yeah. Just uh, don't ask those questions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, anyways, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, you watched a uh, series not too long ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we've got a free trial of Apple TV. So we started watching For All Mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is, I think it's Tom Hanks produced, but it's there. Yeah, um, Tom
0: Hanks is big in the space. It's
1: their forever. alternate history of NASA. So mm-hmm. the basic premise of it. Is uh America loses the space race by a week. Mm-hmm. Uh and they they get uh people on the moon before us. Um and that actually, due to the hysteria of the Cold War and the image of that, um paradoxically makes America give a shit about NASA and actually fund it, which is not the world we live in. Um and so uh it becomes uh very interesting because uh the second person they send to the moon is a woman. Uh, the Soviets. So it just shoots gender rights forward a couple decades. decades uh, because America is like, well, yeah, we can't. We're not going to be stood up on that. So uh, it's very interesting in that regard. Uh, I think it's pretty well researched. I think it's a pretty interesting thought experiment. Um, I would stop after the first season because the second season gets very dumb and much less researched. And we just got to our first moon gun battle. And that's not even the stupidest thing that I saw. I don't care for the second season very much. I think it's bad, not good. But the first season's pretty entertaining.
0: All right, just go second season. Just skip ahead to the moon gun battles and just watch those. My favorite part
1: of it was they shot them and then they went running forward to apply first aid. There's you're on the moon. There's no first aid. (laughs) Get into, they're if, dead. If you can get an airlock in five seconds, maybe. Yeah, but you're not. Yeah, like they're just like we're gonna tape the suit. I'm like, okay, now they're just bleeding out in space. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> yeah, you kind of fucked. Yeah, one guy lights on fire in his pure oxygen environment in the suit and starts burning. And they're like, "Oh, we gotta fix this." I'm like, "You're not, guys. You're not, You'd fix this if you empty the clip and made this faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, there's no going back here. There's yeah. no going back.
0: Yeah, there, uh, you
1: don't need a medic for moon gun battles.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we watched a uh, series on Netflix uh, that I think you would like. Uh, All of us are dead a uh korean zombie teen drama series mm-hmm. uh basically where everyone's like 36 uh d- d- wow don't don't worry about it uh <laughs> okay, teen- cool. sexy teenagers <laughs> uh sexy teenagers being uh menaced by zombies mm-hmm. um the zombie virus outbreak is inter- there's actually uh the equivalent of like aberrants in this uh um, oh good but yeah. not like monster not like shoggoth ones but like like, they're just, they look like zombies, but they're different. And they have.
1: Uh, Korea is, uh, d- they've done a lot of great zombie fiction. Yeah. Uh, of recent late. But they are also very into the, oh, you think you know zombies. Yeah. Wait till you see my extra special plus zombies. Uh, see Sweet Home. The entirety oh, yeah, yeah. of. Uh, where every, <laughs> they're all zombies, but they're all special snowflakes. <laughs> they're all special zombies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's even like a um, a uh, a vlogger who is like, I'm here. Rumors that there's a zombie outbreak in this city. Come on, Twitch. Let's go in and check it out. <laughs> like a GoPro mounted on his head. <laughs> like as a mitre character as like, "Yeah, That's very red markets. Mm. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a fun show. It's only it just
1: cool. says it's the apocalypse doesn't
0: mean we can let our subscriber counter. Yeah, I mean, they do. There is a bit of like Walking Dead level of like characters doing dumb things to move the plot forward but well
1: yeah a lot of people will do that yeah uh when when you consider the zombie menace rationally yeah and the solution is lock the fucking door
0: yeah uh you gotta also, start
1: writing around the fact that they just don't keep doing that
0: also most of the characters are uh teenagers so you know teenagers make dumb decisions yeah weirdly enough um and then uh finally there's a game i think i'll be running for rvpr at some point this year uh hopefully in the near future called raccoon sky pirates uh, where the players are all raccoons or members of the raccoons crew. There's rules to be like an opossum or a rat or a pigeon or something like that, if you want to, but you're all members of this crew. You have a skyship and uh, you, well, let's, let's go on a heist gang, you know? And the heister being like, let's steal food from that dumpster behind the 7-Eleven or like, let's break into this house and steal the food in the refrigerator. But you have a sky you have a skyship
1: oh uh, yeah uh that sounds pretty cool yeah it's it's uh it's a
0: little more I, I
1: i think raccoons would be adorable in like a
0: little dirigible yeah perhaps uh, in napoleon uniform exactly yeah. oh and, and the ship is always called the trash fire <laughs> uh, but uh the you trash can, fire. yeah you have rules to upgrade it as a group like what what can it do well is it fast is it stealthy uh yeah <laughs> so it's 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 a fun little game uh comes with a deck of cards for like complications and stuff like that so cool. uh yeah um yeah so that's that's something to uh look forward to in RPBR at some point. So um but yeah, um uh thank you all for listening. Thank you all for supporting RPBR on the Patreon. Uh by the way, we just did another after hours episode where we're looking at Castle Greyhawk with Bridget and Noah and uh we found the ready player one level of this dungeon we're looking at Caleb the the Castle Greyhawk like it, all the other ones weren't? Well, this is more so. Oh god. There's like Ghostbuster references and Star Trek references. The and
1: thought that it could get worse than the one chapter I read is truly
0: depressing. The amazing Dreider man. He's. Yep. Uh huh. Well. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Back to Patreon. Yeah. Back to Patreon. You listen to, to all of us suffer. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to pay because he just tells me about it. <laughs> no, despite
1: my protests. Yeah. Uh, but uh, for you who don't have that privilege.
0: Yeah. Uh, and we'll be doing another episode this month to make up because we didn't do in February because of the whole, you know, wedding thing. But, um, and, uh, yeah, the RPPR, uh, live stream, uh, Sundays at six o'clock, uh, check my social media and the links, uh, if you want to watch, um, and uh, Caleb, anything else?
1: Nope. Uh, just, you, you know where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening to this. So hi.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.